I need someone right there you go. Bob Sosi, uh, kick us off. All right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Uh, good morning, Steve. Morning, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And yourself? Good, thank you. Good. Um, question about the pressure on Zach Wilson on Sunday. Uh, the first half, I think that second series, the first scoring series for the Jets, he was able to get out of the pocket. He made a throw going to his left, I think, and then later had the 54-yard throw going to his right. In the second half, you guys got him going backwards. It, it Was that a result of uh, corrections in the pressure? Was it a result of his decisions? How would you explain kind of the difference? And it comes when it comes to with any quarterback, you know, trying to get him going backwards, which a lot of young quarterbacks tend to do, as opposed to being able to make plays by moving laterally out of the pocket. Uh, yeah, and no, I mean, I think it was just kind of, um, you know, combination of you know the rush and the coverage, the pressure inside, whether. Um, there was a guy outside uh, trying to contain him or or pull him up, um, be uh, be quick to be in his face so that he can't can't see downfield. And then obviously the coverage down the field, whether there was, you know, guy tight in coverage or or there was space for him to throw the ball down the field. So, um, yeah, we knew we knew what it was going into the week and uh, and we saw that uh, early in the game. So it was kind of combination of a lot of different things. And. And obviously, it all goes back to to how he saw the play pan out, which you'd have to ask him about that one. Sure. And, and looking ahead to this game with Indianapolis, there's not a lot of uh, uh, tape, I guess, of Ellinger throwing. He's had the one start around the ball a little bit last year. What are your impressions of, of him? And you know, how do you collect the information that you need beyond one game to evaluate him and, and go in and prepare a game plan? Yeah, I mean, this happens, you know, typically at the, you know, the start of seasons when when new players start. But I'd say last week um, in the Washington game, he did uh, for a young quarterback, he did do a really good job stepping up in the pocket, um, you know, scrambled a couple of times through the line of scrimmage, um, you know, wasn't bailing out of the back of the pocket very much. He was doing a good job stepping up and feeling the rush and and going through his read. So, um, you know, he's he was impressive in his first start and. Um, you know, not a huge sample size, but there's nothing we can do about that. We just got to go play good, fundamentally sound football. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Uh, next question, Chris Ryan, followed by Nick O'Malley. Chris, you're muted. We'll go to Nick O'Malley and come back to Chris. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, hey, Steve. I want to ask about uh, yes, uh, the game yesterday and uh, well, Sunday. And uh, there are a lot of instances where uh, rushers would be getting uh, pressure on Zach Wilson, but it wasn't until late in the game that it actually came out with a sack. How impactful is it to get those instances where guys are flushing the quarterback from the pocket and ultimately forcing him to make uh, errant throws as opposed to um, just, it is how much of a impact is have having a pass rush more outside of just having just sacks yeah I mean I think that you know any pressure on the quarterback's good good for the defense and then you know sacks are obviously they're good for the defense also we're always trying to trying to put pressure on the quarterback no matter you know who it is you want to put pressure on the quarterback and make him make him feel the rush and and have to make a decision um you know when he's under stress so uh yeah even though you may not come out of the games with a with a ton of sacks, you're still getting getting pressure on the quarterback. So that's that's always a good thing. We always want to want to pressure the quarterback. And 
obviously sacks are, are just bonus off of that. Thank you. Yep, thanks. I'll go back to Chris Ryan. Hey, can you hear me this time? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, wanted to uh, touch a little bit on the, uh, the Jets game as well and, you know, the overall impact of, of Judon and how does that kind of translate into success that you guys have in other areas of the game? How, how big of a key is his disruption? Uh, yeah, it's, a, you know, it's a huge part of, huge part of the game for us. I'd say any, any front player um, when they, uh, when they're, they're playing disruptive up front, you know, that really, that really affects the game. You know, the game starts up front uh, with the O-line and D-line. Um, I'm not saying you don't have to have to cover receivers, but if you, if you get pressure on the quarterback quickly and, and can get a sack and get in his face, then sometimes it, it can mask or, or cover up anything that happens in the back end. So, you know, that pressure up front is always always a great thing. I don't care what teams you're playing against, who's on offense, who's on defense. If you can, you know, get to the quarterback quickly and affect the quarterback and the quarterback has to think about that type of stuff, then that definitely can can cover up problems in the back end. Not that you're like looking to have those problems in the back end, but those disruptive players up front that make a make a big difference. Those guys can ruin the game for the opponent. I want to ask about Jack Jones as well, where statistically he is ranked as the best cornerback in, in football. What has led to that in your view? And do you put too much into, you know, those types of, of rankings and analysis and how do you, if not go about evaluating a player's, you know, overall value and effectiveness? Yeah. I'm not sure what those rankings mean and how they're ranked and what, what they're compared to and, um, is it a run or a pass ranking or overall ranking? That stuff, I don't, um, I'm, I don't, I don't look at that stuff. I look at, you know, what our calls are, what his assignments are, and and how he executed his assignment. So, um, Jack's a player that we drafted for a reason to be here. Um, I'm happy he's on our team. I'm happy to work with him. He definitely loves football and loves to compete, and that's a good place to start with me. So, I'm glad he's here. He's getting better each week. Um, you know, he's a young kid. He's got a lot to learn, but he's learned a lot already. So um, keep putting him out there. Hopefully he keeps keeps making plays, learning from his mistakes. It's never perfect with any player, but, um, you know, I, I enjoy being around Jack every day and, and enjoy coaching him. Thanks. Go back to Bob Sosi, followed by Nick O'Malley. All right, thanks, Steve. Uh, one more for you, Steve. Uh, your dad, of course, was asked a lot as he was approaching uh, career win 325 about passing George Hallis and of course spoke a little bit about it after the game I'm, I'm just curious you know for you you're you're a coach but you're also the son of the head coach who just became the second all-time <clears throat> winningest head coach when you look at Don Shula Bill Belichick George Hallis you know what what goes through your mind um yeah you know we um you know we don't talk about that that stuff a lot but you know it's I'm not, I'm not that naive where I can't, you know, see what see what the stats are and and appreciate that. I mean, that's a that's a lot of games, um, a lot of games won, and um, you know, a lot of a lot of time spent. I've seen I've seen how hard he works um, for a long time for my whole life. I saw how hard my grandpa worked, um, and how that's that's translated through my grandpa to my dad and. I'm very proud of him. Um, 
I know he's not satisfied with that. And I know it's just a number, but uh, it's a significant number. And, um, you know, I've seen seen all the hard work he's put in. I've seen a lot of people count him out. Um, and I've seen him respond to a lot of adversity. Um, I'm very proud, proud to be his son and, and proud to, to see see the work that he's put in uh, pay off, even if it's just one number. I know that's not what he was, you know, striving to do. Like, I just want 325 wins or whatever. And now all of a sudden he hit that number, he's going to stop. I know he would have been working just as hard if that was his 25th win. So um, I'm really proud of him. And I'm glad he was able to be recognized for it. Thanks, Dave. A lot more work to be done. Well, thank you. Final questions, Nick O'Malley and Zach Cox. Uh, hey, Steve. Uh, I was uh, with the trade NFL trade deadline today. Obviously, you guys haven't made any, any uh, deals, but uh, there have been a lot of uh, acquisitions over the years where the Patriots have made like key additions that have helped, uh, particularly at the the <clears> linebacker <throat> level. Uh, John Bostic, Jonathan Cias, um, Akeem Ayers, the guys in like the front seven that have bolstered things. How can adding a guy mid-season uh, really help with depth and um, really like infuse a unit and help it uh, improve down the stretch? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that um, when those things happen, that um, typically you're you're getting a player to to try and help your team at a point in time where that's not, you know, not every team's getting a player to help their team at at this moment in time. So some teams do, some teams don't. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. So, but I think that the reason why those trades are made is to to help teams out, whether it's you know, at this moment in time to to get a player or for the future, if you're on the other side of that, getting draft picks or whatever. But that's I'm not I'm not involved in that stuff. I just kind of take what I'm given. Thank you. Last Thanks. question, Zach Cox. Morning, Steve. Um, How you doing? Along, along the lines of of uh, Bob's question about, about milestones, you also had uh, Matthew Slater now becoming the the second second all time in games played uh, for the franchise. Just curious in in your mind, what has he meant to to this franchise and to you personally over all the years he's been here? Yeah, you know, I've known I've known Slate for a long long time. Um, you know, before I was coaching as, uh, you know, a friend or a player when I was not involved in the organization. And and now as I've been coaching for so long, um, you know, he's just such a such a professional, um, how he approaches the game, uh, how serious he takes the game, all the all the work behind the scenes that he puts in. Um, you know, I remember, you know, starting to learn some of the special team stuff. Uh, back when he was a rookie, when Scotty O was coaching special teams and I was long snapping and stuff like that, being in those rookie meetings and stuff like that and, um, how far we've all come and, you know, how much work he's put in again, that 200 plus game number is it's just a number, but you don't just, you don't just get that number. Um, you know, it's, I was joking with him before the game or last week or something, you know, my daughter was born in March and he's played in more games than days that she's been alive, which is, you know, it's, it's wild to say when you when you think about it, think about it like that. But me and Slate have a ton of ton of good conversations. Um, 
almost daily just about you know life he's a father I'm a father he's been around here for a long time I've been around here for a long time so just kind of you know he's a good good friend to have he's a great great mentor for me great leader for the people on the team and um I'm very privileged honored and blessed to to be around him a lot and let's also not forget the milestone of my guy Dev um you know coming up with two picks and and now where he stands in the league so don't forget about those Rutgers guys. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.